There are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL draft this year. My name is Ben Solak, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Danny Heifetz, and Greg Horbeck. We cover trades, free agency, and the draft, which is, yeah, obviously. We'll tell you about everything, which includes which quarterbacks are good, which quarterbacks are bad, and which quarterbacks are just Kirk Cousins. That is the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Search the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome Extra Point Take Chill Kabaddi here, joined by Ben Solak, who is in Indianapolis for the Combine unnamed hotel room. I see he went with the two queen beds instead of the one king bed uh, choice there. I am in Philadelphia putting uh, my finishing touches on the top 50 free agents you can read on theringer.com later this week. But listen, all this means, we were saying before we came on, it feels like it's been three months since we which we talked to each other. It's only been a week, but it's the official start of the offseason. Benny Souls, are you feeling refreshed? Yes. Uh, you only get to choose how many beds you have in your room if you secure the room early enough to be offered the choice. <laughs> and that implies a level of forethought and planning, which I have never claimed to possess. I, I, I get dealt whatever hotel rooms are left. I get dealt the scraps <laughs> at the 11th hour. That's my approach. I don't mind. I mean, you're, you're, you're in a queen bed to yourself, you know? You're, you're going to be comfortable. Yeah, you're going to be problem. No, yeah. no big deal. Not a big deal. All right. Before we get started, two quick reminders. One. Extra point taken's coming to you twice a week still in the offseason. I don't know if we told people that uh, or not, but we're still going to be doing this show on Mondays, and then we're going to do another show on Friday. So we're obviously not going to be making picks and all that stuff, but we will have a nice format for you. So twice a week for the offseason, that's one. And then two, of course, YouTube, Ringer NFL on YouTube. Check it out. I was worried Solak didn't do his, uh, you know, his, his patented move at first when I introduced the pod. His, what do you call that? A dance? A jig? It's I don't just, even know what that it, is. It's a incredible movement? social awkwardness is what it is. Okay. So I have to move so that way I feel like I'm participating. Okay. Yes. You didn't do that at first. I got nervous, but then he did actually do it eventually. So you can watch that. Little hotel lag, YouTube, little, little Wi-Fi delay is what we got. Subscribe to it. All right. Here we go, Solak. I don't know what you're going to talk about. You probably don't know much about what I'm going to talk about. I took some low-hanging fruit here early because I want to get some predictions on the record before things start happening. So I am first with my take. I have narrowed Kirk Cousins' landing spots 
to three teams. I think he will play for one of these three teams in 2024. At the end, I'm going to tell you my official prediction of what I think is going to happen with Kirk Cousins. And so if you're listening to this saying, didn't you guys talk about Kirk Cousins the last show? We did. That's true, but this is a huge storyline only because above-average quarterbacks pretty much never hit free agency. He cannot be franchise-tagged. He's going to be on the market. If he wants to go out there, test the market, he's able to do that. He's 36 years old. He's coming off an Achilles, but he's going to get monster money. So like I I was looking for my free agency rankings. I like to project in my head, all right, how much are these guys going to make? Like I think he's going to get like two years, 80 million, maybe fully guaranteed. For Kirk yeah. Cousins, are you? How do you feel about that? When I just throw that number out there, are you like, "Ooh, that's high, that's low"? I could see myself doing that if I were a team. Like, just when I spit those numbers out, what comes to mind? Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. I feel like I saw a rumor that was like, "Oh, Kirk's like the NFL is not going to give Kirk a fully guaranteed deal this time around," and it's like, "Okay, well, why not?" He, at this point, he's super old, and it's going to be short-term contracts. Like, the likelihood of you structuring a deal where you can like actually cut him after year two and save money in year three like that just like to me that world doesn't exist in the quarterback market right now for a player of Kirk Cousins caliber so I I like fully guaranteed not fully guaranteed functionally guaranteed like I expect him to play out the the length of a deal he gets because I don't think he's going to get like a four or five year deal it's going to be like a two-year three-year deal 40 million obviously feels rich but like it's Daniel Jones money and 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 I know I've I've said I've said Daniel Jones contract like 19,000 times since it was signed but I am not an agent at all. I would be a terrible agent. Even I can tell you, every quarterback agent in the world is going to be walking into every single negotiation with like, here's the Daniel Jones deal. Do you see this? We're going to beat this. And so, yeah, like four, two, two, eight, two over 80, like seems like it would make sense for Kirk. And and okay, you, um, you bring him out there. By week six, it's very clear that like he doesn't trust the Achilles. It didn't come back to full health. He's not springing the pocket. He's taking sacks. He can't relocate. And it's a wash. 280 barely hurts, man. 80 million over two years. Like the, the Broncos about to eat 80 million in one year on Russell Wilson, dude. Like Ooh. that doesn't even count the years that they, they actually paid him. They that to me, like that rings right about home, home for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, the other one you mentioned, Daniel Jones. Derek Carr got 37 and a half million per year last offseason with 60 million guaranteed. Now the cap has gone up. Cousins has been a better quarterback uh, than Derek Carr. The overall quarterback market has gone up. So I think that's the the range we're talking about. You're right, though. I mean, there is risk with Kirk Cousins given age and Achilles. So that has to be mentioned. All right, here are my three teams. Number one is the obvious one, the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, this would be reasonable. They could just look at it and say, we wish we had a younger quarterback. We wish we had a long-term plan right now, but we don't. We have two very good wide receivers. We have good offensive tackles. We have a good uh, offensive head coach. We have a good defensive coordinator who did more with less last year. We'll sign him for two for 80. We'll keep him around, uh, and that will buy us some time to figure out a younger option at quarterback. It doesn't preclude us from looking for that younger option, but in the meantime, they keep using that word competitive rebuild. It allows us to continue to do that. So that's number one, the Minnesota Vikings. Number two, this was originally your idea, Solak. And when I look at the other teams around the NFL that could potentially be a surprise team for Kirk Cousins, I keep coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I'm putting together, you know, my little off-season spreadsheet. All right, you know, for pending free agents and what kind of shape is this team in? And I'm looking at that Steelers roster. I'm doing it earlier than ever. So, like, I like a lot of the players on this roster. I like the pass catchers. Uh, I like the running backs. I think they maybe make a move or two on the offensive line. They brought in Arthur Smith. 
the defense finished sixth in DVOA last year. Like that's one of those that I forget a month later. Wow, they were sixth in DVOA. Right. They still Met, got TJ Watt, your boy, time with Joey DJ, Porter Jr. Like, yeah, yeah. They had injuries. It's not like they had a you know. A, a, they still got Minka. They still got TJ. So they've got a good defense, I think. And then they've got Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. You cannot go into next season with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. Like that is a legit, I I'm usually pro Steelers, the pro Steelers guy on this podcast. I will crush them. That is an organizational failure. If we get to August 1st, July 27th, whatever it is, training camp starting. And that's who they're going into training camp with. I mean, that's a disaster. You cannot do that. So now it comes down to what are their options? Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, like a Jacoby Brissett. And, and I just look at it with Cousins. That It's a very interesting team for me for like the next two years. Kirk Cousins, Arthur Smith, the supporting cast. So that's number two for me. And then the third one was a little bit difficult to come up with. This is one where I don't think it's a good idea. Like the Steelers, I'm in on that idea. But this is one where I could see the team thinking it's a good idea. And that's the Las Vegas Raiders. So this is more of a Ooh. could- than a should, you know, because I, I was looking at the Raiders. Raiders are in very good kind of cap space, uh, cap situation this offseason. Like they can be a weirdly aggressive team if they want to. Now, do I think they should do that? Probably not. I mean, I don't know how this is going to work. This arranged marriage, Antonio Pierce and Tom Telesco, they've got the 13th overall pick. But I could see them being a team saying, hey, we've got Devontae Adams. Uh, our defense overperformed last year. Bring Kirk Cousins in here, and we can have a nice, you know, a solid to maybe slightly above average offense, and we can be competitive this season. So that's the third team I've got my eye on. All right, those are the two, three teams. What do you think? Vikings, Steelers, Raiders. Did I miss one? Do you like any of those? Do you not like any of those? How are you feeling? I'm surprised that the Falcons didn't make it. That would have been one that I would, I would, have, I would have strongly guessed. If you'd made me guess the three you were doing, I would have said. Steelers, Vikings, and Falcons with a lot of confidence. I'm surprised that the Raiders came in over the Falcons. I agree that the Raiders could do it. I agree that it would be a bad decision, right? You're, you're, you need a bridge quarterback. If you're the Raiders, you don't need to build that expensive of a bridge, I think. You could just get a regular bridge. Don't, you, that's a beautiful bridge, Kirk Cousins. I don't think that's necessary. Uh, Atlanta, to me, is a, is a team where, like, okay, John McVay says Zach Robinson. Like the, there's going to be familiarity in the offense. The language is going to be exactly the same. They have a young weapon in Drake London, a young weapon in Kyle Pitts, a young weapon in Bijan Robinson. They invested a lot of money in that offensive line. Jake Matthews, Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McGarry. Like internally, that offense looks like it should be a quarterback away. There's a chance that uh, uh, Zach Robinson, who's the OC there, I guess, to come to that McVay system, along with head coach Raheem Morris, look at it and go, "We don't actually like feel that way." Because remember, these aren't. Their guys that they that they went and 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 built this round, but Terry Fontenot, who was the general manager, who's who's responsible for a lot of these extensions and the, these young players, the, the guy who built it, he he's still there, and I think that that he would like to justify his his picks and like, you know, uh, statistically Drake London is underperformed and Calpitz is underperformed, but if you look at the film, like these 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 are good players, they should be having like productive seasons. I could see Fontenot being like, I want to go get a Kirk and and prove that this offense that I put together works, and so Atlanta's the team that stands out to me that I think should be on your list that isn't right now. It's a good one. I don't have a good sense of what the Falcons think they are. You know, they like change the head. Like, like what are they trying to do this off season? I mean, cause cause Kirk Cousins to me is a short term fix. And so uh, I look at it and I, I tend to lean more towards a team like the Steelers where I say they could be really, in now maybe the Falcons think, Hey, we could be really interesting with Kirk Cousins and maybe they could be. So I think that's a good one that I left off. There. All right. My official prediction here, Solak, 
I think he's going to stay in Minnesota. Oh, yeah? You're looking at the Vikings. Ah, spicy. Like, yeah. I, I mean, they've got the 11th overall pick. So it's like, are they going to be aggressive or are they going to try to land a quarterback in the draft? And if not, I just don't know, like, they're going to go out and what? Get get somebody else to play quarterback who's a lot cheaper. Are they going to look for like a, a Band-Aid option? Is that where they think they're going to be? That's not really how they've operated. I mean, they haven't done a lot in the last few seasons that really like prioritizes rebuilding. They got rid of some older players uh, a little bit, but for the most part, there's been like an emphasis there on, no, no, we want to be competitive. So I think when it comes down to it, they know like Cousins' medical situation really well. I don't know that they want big turnover this offseason, and I kind of feel like he's going to stick there. They're going to pay him, uh, and then they're going to figure out a younger option down the road. What do you think? What is your on-the-record prediction for where Cousins lands. I think it goes to the Steelers. I think that 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 spot makes the really? most sense. All right. Yeah. I, That'd be so think, fun I for think, content. Right. You said you don't think Pittsburgh can go into like August, into the season at status quo. I'm not sure the Steelers can go into the draft at status quo quarterback, right? You don't want to be on a spot where you're forcing your hand at, at what do they got, 22, 21? No. Because there's 14 playoff teams, like 19. You don't want to be forcing your hand at that pick, 20, Kenny Pickett, whatever. Uh, where you're like, all right, we got to go get... They've got J- the 20th yeah, pick. 20. Yep. Yeah, let, let's go get J.J. McCarthy. Like, like We're going to be that team. Like You don't you don't want to be in that, that shoehorn. That doesn't mean you have to go get Kirk Cousins, but I expect them to be very active on the free agent quarterback market. Now, if that's Brian Tannehill, because he knows Arthur Smith's system, and then we go and get a young guy, I'm perfectly fine with that. But I think they're going to be the... Uh, they're, they're the team that I, I expect to be most active on the veteran quarterback market. And if Kirk actually emphatically hits that market... They, they they are they are in a spot right where I think like there's a little bit extra heat on Mike Tomlin. I think Omar Khan's kind of driving that ship a little bit more personnel wise. They make sense as a team to say, you know, we need that expensive bridge. We need that quarterback can come in and very clearly emphasize that we are still competitive. This is a high caliber AFC North. We can still hang around in this. Obviously, we're gonna plan for the future at quarterback, but right now, if we get a guy in here, we'll be fine. Yeah, they've got again. They've got a lot of good players there. You stick them in there. You, there should be familiarity with the scheme. So I like that. All right, Solex says Steelers. I say Vikings. Other teams to keep an eye on: Raiders and Solex says Falcons for Kirk Cousins. All right, what do you got? Hit me with your first take. Uh, I think this is going to be a nice bounce back year for running back value in, in the free agent market. I do. I don't think interesting. Yeah, and let me make things very clear. Right when I say that, I I say more. Hey, like the, the the floor got yanked out on running back contracts, and I think that some of the free fall is going to stop. I don't think Josh Jacobs is getting twenty million per year. Can't emphasize that enough. Um, but if you go and you look at at uh, at, at the market right now, we we thought there was a chance it was going to be very active last season because players like Josh Jacobs were up, Saquon Barkley was up, Tony Pollard was up, and all these guys got slapped with the tag. Well, Adam Schefter tweeting over the course of today. Giants will speak with free agent running back Saquon Barkley and explore a deal with him, but unlikely to tag him at $12.1 million. Josh Jacobs, the Raiders will attempt to re-sign him, but they are not expected to tag him because his tag will be worth $14.1 million. And he's got a, a higher escalation on, on, on his tag uh, than, than Barkley does. Uh, 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 Tony Pollard, I think it was uh, Clarence Hill, if memory serves, who reported. Uh, that Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle, running back one and running back two for the Dallas Cowboys. Not expected to be tagged. Titans running back Derrick Henry, who said goodbye to Titans faithful at the end of the season. Not expected to be back with the Titans. There are a lot of like big names, Austin Eckler with the Chargers, uh, that are are, are going to be back on the running back market. You say, okay, but running back's being devalued, so nobody's going to go for these guys. I'm not sure that's going to be the case. Josh Jacobs is 26 years old, and 
you had a 1,600-yard season two years ago. That like This is an objectively talented back who is available on the market. I don't think people also realize like he can be used in the receiving game. He's got 50 receptions in each of the last couple of years. Saquon Barkley, who, okay, Barkley deals with injury. He's 27 years old, and he's got legitimate three-down value. I don't think that, again, I don't think that you're signing these guys to the Nick Chubb deal, right? Nick Chubb went $36 million over three years, and he got that back in 2021 when the cap was $182.5 million because we were recovering from COVID. The cap this year is $255 million. There is a lot more money just in circulation. Teams, like, even as teams devalue the running back position, teams don't want to enter the season with, like, no known commodities at running back. They don't want to enter the season with, like, three decent rotation options. You you want to have a guy in the building who you go, all right, if we, if we have a game script where we need to give the ball away 22 times, we feel like this guy is capable of doing that. And with guys like Jacobs and Barkley, they're still young enough. There's tread on those tires. They've shown they can run at that high level before. They've shown they can take on that volume. Derrick Henry has certainly shown that he can take on that volume. Age-wise, I think that you, you have concerns there. Tony Pollard hasn't so much shown that he can take on that volume, but he has been a useful player. And there's need for, for teams that are com- contending teams. The Ravens have been the obvious one, right? There's been reports they're going to pursue a, a high-caliber running back in, in free agency, and appropriately so. The Philadelphia Eagles, DeAndre Swift, is, is likely on an expiring deal behind him. Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, they're likely to sign a veteran guy. How about Tony Pollard, who was great under Kellen Moore, rejoining Kellen Moore in Philadelphia? Do it for... Eight million over two years, or like eight million per year for two years. Like, is it a huge deal? No, but I think you're to see running backs like get signed early in free agency at at relatively nice market rates. There's just so much more money to go around that I don't think teams are going to need to be nearly as stingy. So, I uh, I uh, uh, like Derrick Henry, whatever. I think it's like a one year thing. Like, use him as a battering ram. Tony Pollard, I think it's kind of clear. Like, he's not necessarily like a you know 250, 300 touch guy the way Ezekiel Elliott was. Whatever. Josh Jacobs, man, and 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 Saquon's got a little bit more injury concern. Like Jacobs, I would be scrambling to get a Josh Jacobs on my team. That is an extremely handy and helpful player to have. And because running back has been so depreciated over the last couple of years because of the particular players who hit free agency, because of the co- the the cap hits to COVID, this is a good year to spend a little bit of money. There's a lot more in the bank than there was. And so, again, I don't think running back is going to boom. I just think it's going to stop falling. This feels like the right class for it with the right big cap uh, figure for it, where. Teams will sign out whether it's it's the Raiders and the Giants retaining their guys or with other teams going on getting those guys. I think running backs will see their their, their salary fall, their free fall stop this this offseason. I'm curious because there is so much supply out there that I could see, like you mentioned the Eagles, I could see a team like the Eagles saying, we'll chill for a little bit, we'll let the market settle, and we will take whoever uh, wasn't signed here. But it is almost unprecedented just in terms of the big names, the big name running backs. I mean, you, Bar- Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Derrick Henry. Like, I'm so, like, Derrick Henry is one of the most fun free agents out there because you just can't picture, like, wait, what this guy could play for another team. By the way, he still led the NFL in rushing attempts last season, which yeah. is incredible. And, and he's going to be 30 years old. So, um, yeah, those are all good names. All right. So let me, let me ask you this. So right now there are one, two, three, four running backs making $12 million or more per year. Do any of these running backs enter that territory? I think Jacobs can, I, I, I would feel comfortable doing that. I don't think anybody else will, um, Barkley, just injury concerns. I think Henry Eckler, uh, Tony Pollard. Like, I think, I just don't think those are like lion share top five, top seven guys. I am of the opinion that Jacobs still is. People don't realize Jacobs is 26 years old, dude. Like, this is like, he should have multiple years left of high volume, high production usage. 
you, you start to hit 28, 29, you start anticipating a cliff coming. But like, if I can pay Jacobs a three, like I, I thought I brought up the Chubb deal. If I can pay Jacobs three years, 36 million on a $255 million cap instead of a $182.5 million cap, right? It's an enormous difference right there. If I can pay him that, it's a good day in the office for me. And then, and then I feel like I can hand him the ball. I can get a third down back. I don't really need one, but I, I can have a rotational guy. I can have a young guy behind him. I know he can withstand that amount of volume. I know he can rip off explosive runs. Like oh, His production was down 2023 versus 2022, but watch the film. Uh, he played excellent, and the, no, one, no defense cared about the Raiders' passing game at all. Like the objective was to take away Josh Jacobs. I, I, um, Jacobs to me, like if if I'm Nick Casario, I'm running the Texans. All right, and I, I invested in Damian Pierce, one year deal in Devin Singletary. Pierce didn't hit for me. Singletary, you know, saved my bacon a little bit down the stretch. But I'm looking like Bobby Slowick very clearly wants to run the ball in early downs as part of their organizational philosophy. Ah, I'll, I'll go give J- Josh Jacobs 36 over three. No problem. And feel really, really great about building out my young offensive core for CJ Stroud. I'll be honest. I, I thought of that Texans thing my... live. That's a great... I, Josh Jacobs to the Texans. That's what I would like to see happen. Josh Jacobs to the Texans. Okay. Yeah. Not that that, that would be uh, a fun one. I probably still hang with the nerds more uh, on this one where I'm not paying that kind of money out to a running back on a second, you know, uh, on a second contract unless it's in who I consider to be an elite, elite, elite guy. Jacobs has had some injury issues. He had so many carries uh, two years ago. So I, I'm with you. He's only 26. It's wild. He has had some wear and tear. I would probably be in the camp of let's just chill let's let the main guys sign their big contracts and then we'll come back and we'll sign someone for maybe four million dollars uh per year because it is wild there's 12 guys making six million dollars or more and there's more than 12 really good running backs in the nfl you're right you need somebody but i would probably still end up being patient but it's gonna be interesting the to contract see where, that, where these teams yeah. spend their money and whether it is on these running backs the contract that interests me the most is tony bollard because there was just so much, like when Pollard was the the lightning to Ezekiel Elliott's thunder, there was just so much like, Pollard should be the lion's share guy. Like Pollard should get like 20 plus touches. Like, okay, he's he's great change of pace back, but I don't think folks realize how hard it is to go from 12 touches to 24 touches in terms of what that does to your body and 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 what sort of runs you get asked to to accomplish. Pollard was not good short yardage. He was not good goal line. He obviously, he had the foot injury from which he's still recovering. Like if Pollard, if, if you watch film on, on 23 Pollard, and you feel like the, the injury really dramatically limited him, which I think it like did. I'm just not sure how much it did. You could potentially get like a lightning in a bottle back for pennies on the dollar in free agency. But you have to feel that way about the injury. Otherwise, this has to be a guy that is part of a committee for you. But at the same time, most teams want to be committee teams. And Bollard has shown you an awesome addition to a committee, right? If you have someone He's who awesome naturally pairs role. with yeah. him right between the tackles. And so Pollard's the one to me where like, if, okay, if I'm, if I'm swearing off big running back contracts as a, as a general manager, which I think is generally good practice. I think there's exceptions. I like Jacobs, but whatever. Then Pollard's the guy I'm trying to figure out what, what exactly went down because he might be the one who, who sparks at, at a new location. All right. Since I have it here, here, here are my guesses for salaries for uh, these top running backs. I think Saquon is going to get the, the, the best deal out of these guys 11 million per year range i have for saquon barkley i think jacobs comes in under that at around eight derrick henry is the hard one because i think he's probably like a one-year deal with one year seven eight million maybe with incentives if he tears it up again and then tony pollard i've got at around six million per year all those guys are on my free agency 
top 50 list. So we'll see. I could be completely wrong about all those guys. We'll see what those running back salaries look like. All right, let's take a break. Come back with some more takes. All right, we are back on extra point taken. My second take, Benjamin Solak. I think Brian Burns is going to get tagged and traded in the weeks ahead. I don't think he's going to play for the Carolina Panthers in 2024. All right. So here's some reasoning. Let's see. It's good. It's good when I can get you mid-sip there. You know, it's a little little acknowledgement that finally you bushel, you bored me with your takes for like the last three months. You finally got one. that (laughs) made me (laughs) Never (laughs) bored. Never (laughs) once. That got my attention. All right. So here's connecting some dots. Brian Burns is a free agent, 26 years old, top 10 to 15, probably top 10 uh, pass rusher, maybe top 15 if you look at some of the numbers, but 2022, okay, multiple reports that the Panthers turned down two first-round picks from the Los Angeles Rams for Brian Burns. This last trade deadline, Adam Schefter reported Brian Burns was again in high demand. I think he said five teams were interested in trading for Brian Burns. The Panthers didn't do it. Yet the Panthers have still not signed Brian Burns to an extension here. What are you waiting for? Panthers, if you want him, I mean, it shouldn't be that hard to figure out what you need to pay him. I mean, you're going to have to pay Brian Burns in the $30 million per year range, in my opinion. Uh, Nick Bosa set the market at $34 million per year. You mentioned it. We got this cap spike this year. So I think Brian Burns is going to come in at least around $30 million per year. Up to this point, it seems like the Panthers maybe have not been interested in paying that high of a price. So what are their options? One of their options is they can use the franchise tag on Brian Burns, and then they can trade him. Okay, so we had that Rams deal we mentioned rumored a couple years ago. We have these other ones in play. This could be a really attractive piece for a team in need of edge rush. Again, 26 years old, high, like his upside is defensive player of the year like i predicted him to win that award in the past i don't even think we've seen his best football yet pass rushers tend to mature a little bit later than other positions so i think there's going to be a lot of interest Mm -hmm. there and then if you're the panthers i could actually see a little bit of reasoning for trading brian burns here you look at their offensive personnel around bryce young and it is garbanzo beans as i would say we all watched it last it was impossible to watch it sucked to watch. Now, on this very show, I picked the Panthers to cover like nine point spreads, and it was painful to watch. Do you remember that one <laughs> moment where they were like, oh, thank God DJ Chark is back? And you're like, dude, are you guys okay? <laughs> what I actually remember is when I thought maybe they turned a corner against the Packers, and then I just remembered, right. I don't want to be mean to Joe Barry. The guy lost his job. But it was more the Packers defense than the Panthers offense uh, in that game. So that's what I remember. So Panthers, they don't have anything on offense. And they don't have their first-round pick. So I was looking at the Rams. Would the Rams want to get back in business? I mean, they still got Les Snead. they still got Sean McVay. They've got all the same guys that were willing to give up two first-round picks for Brian Burns. Now you have to pay him, so it is a little bit different. Maybe you're not giving up two first-round picks, but a first-round pick, number 19 overall, and then maybe something else, a second-round pick, uh, a third-round pick. Does that get it done? Maybe it's a 2025 pick with conditions. But uh, anyway. The Panthers could get a first-round pick in this deal. They would save that money from not having to pay Brian Burns and use it elsewhere on the roster. 
if they want to. Maybe you get some wide receiver help for Bryce Young. You get some other uh, other talent on the offensive side of the ball. If you're the Rams, I mean, this is a team. I don't know. We, August, there's going to be someone at the ringer predicting this team probably goes to the Super Bowl. They're sort of a sleeperish NFC team where if Matthew Stafford stays healthy and their younger players from last year continue to develop, uh, they're going to be heard from in the NFC. And what I like about this potential deal from a team like the Rams, or it could be another team like, it's not like a win now move. It's not like a win. Like Brian Burns is 26. He's going to help you now. He's going to help you later. He's just a very good young player at a premium position. So I think you can justify uh, throwing some assets in there and trying to acquire him. So uh, what do you think? If, If I said Rams give up, the 19th overall pick, and let's say, let's make it spicy, and the 52nd overall pick. First and the second for Brian Burns. Who says no, Ben Solak? If you got to pay him $30 million a year. If I'm the Panthers, I still want to say no, because I feel like he's better than that. But, but that's the problem the Panthers have run into the last 18 months, and they also won't extend him, right? And so it's, it's like, okay, if you're just going to keep on keeping on with with Brian Burns. You're just keep on just keeping him on the back burner on the warmer. Be like, eventually we'll be good at football and hopefully you'll also still be here and be good with money at that time. That that's dumb. That is really bad team management. So if you don't intend on saying franchise cornerstone, here's 30 million a year, like you know, you are going to be the the centerpiece, the tent pole of our identity on the defensive side of the ball, of our overall team identity until we get some offensive stars in the building. Like if you're not willing to do that, you gotta Get well, the getting is good, and the getting was good 12 months ago. And so, yeah. it, it, it's running, you're running out of time on, 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 on hitting Burns. Like you said, when you talk about Burns, you talk about he's 26 years old, there's still upside. Uh, defensive linemen, edge rushers in particular, tend to be really productive in the late 20s, all of which, like, very true and accurate. Trading the 27 year old is harder. You can't say upside as freely. You can't say, you know, production for the next three years as easily. And it's true as 28, 29. So, if you're going to do it, do it now. I would want like one, two, and then some. What did, what did Mac initially go for? Not Bears to Chargers, but Raiders to Bears. I think like, that was. I'm, like, I think that was two firsts and maybe a third, something like that. You're looking it yeah. up now, but uh, yeah, it was. It was definitely at least uh, two first round picks, if memory serves. That's where it started uh, with the Khalil Mac trade. Google needs to do a thing where I type in like Mac trade, and then just like comes up. And yeah, he's been traded too much. That's the problem. He's been traded multiple yeah. times, so it gets confusing when you uh, when you Google it. There, I mean, to your point, though, as you look that up, good organizations, like, they would have had Brian Burns locked up already. Like, you don't let it get to this point. Like, you just view him as this is a cornerstone piece at a premium position who we drafted in his mid-20s. The price is only going to go up as we wait. And guess what happened? The price went up with Nick Bosa at $34 million per year to set the market at edge. And now the, mm-hmm. the cap went up. So, like, it's not cheaper to, uh, to hold on to Brian Burns right yeah. now. All right. How's your Googling thing? Do you find uh, it? The Raiders sent Mac and a two for two ones, a three, and then like there was some late round exchange. That okay. like, like, right. I wanted, I want two ones, right? And at the okay. time, that was, that was 2018. And so Mac, who is currently 33 years old, was, yeah, he was like a couple years older than Burns was. Yeah. So I want to yeah. make, all right, like, so give me multiple first. I'll play ball with you. Like, I'll send you something else, but like, let's do, let's do multiple first, right? Let's like make that a real thing. Um, so I'd want to push the price up, but right, the Brian Burns situation with the Panthers is very challenging to calibrate to because of how they've mismanaged it to this point. Yeah, it's uh, the the players who have gone for two first round picks. We're talking about uh, Jamal Adams, Jalen Ramsey, Khalil Mack. I'm probably forgetting somebody in there, but that's sort of the class of player 
you're talking about mm-hmm. there. I just like, if it's taken this long, I'm just like, now maybe they'll just be like, all right, we just want to resign. And that's fine. If they just sign him to a top of the market extension, I think that's smart too. If you're the Carolina Panthers, these are the types of players you want to hold on to. I mean, what they really shouldn't do and what I think would be franchise malpractice is if you just tag him and have him play on the tag for this year, then it's like, what are you doing? Why, why are you doing that? You know, you, you should have you should either lock him up long term yeah. or you should get something for him now. So as I, as I went through my list and you know, you're going through our year, the top 10 free agents, how many of these guys are actually going to reach the market and, and it keeps shrinking. You're like, all right, you know, T Higgins has already been tagged. Other guys are going to be tagged. Burns was the guy I looked at and said, if we get something spicy with one of these guys, the, the old tag and trade, he's the guy I could see fitting the bill. So that's something to keep oh. an eye on for Carolina. That transitions very nicely into my second take, Shio. Okay, what do you got? I think we're... I think T. Higgins has a good chance to be tagged and traded this, oh, this, the next couple of weeks. Oh, um, all right. Yeah. So, uh, so something that stood out to me, uh, uh, Paul Daner of The Athletic, who does their Bengals coverage, who is wonderful. I read a lot of Paul Daner. Um, he did a four-part series on the T. Higgins contract situation, and that's why Paul's good at what he does. Uh, and in the first, As a former series, beat writer, by the way, I love that kind of stuff. You know, we love a like, four part I got this. I am going to give you every angle of this thing that fans care about more than yeah. anything else. So that was a nice job. I saw this. Yes, Sorry, go ahead. So, uh, uh, so Paul wrote in his first uh, uh, part of the column, which came out uh, now over a week ago. Um, February twentieth marks the first day the Bengals can apply the tag. The deadline is March fifth. One league source suggested the Bengals could place the tag early in the window as a statement acknowledging no long-term deal will be reached and opening the door for the rest of the league to consider or submit tag and trade offers. This sentiment was actually echoed by Jason Fitzgerald of Over the Cap, uh, who uh, uh, at the time at which the, the T. Higgins trade was, or excuse me, the T. Higgins tag was initially reported February 23rd. Uh, he's, he said, uh, tag coming this quick usually means they either have every intention of keeping him, but no intention of doing an extension, or they are hoping to trade him, Right. Fundamentally, what you're saying is this. If they thought they could get a long-term deal done, they would not have tagged him this early because they would have had up till March 5th. So they would have been spending the next seven, eight, nine days really like, let's hammer it out. Let's get this, this extension over the line. If we hit the fifth, we just can't get, get together on this. Then we'll tag you. Tagging this early is a signal both to him and to uh, the league that, hey, like, we're probably not getting, uh, we're not going to get a, a long-term deal done with, with T. Higgins. That's very unlikely. And accordingly, now, if you're another general manager, you go, okay, well, if they're not getting a long-term deal with them done this year, then maybe, you know, there's, there's, there's some movement room. That's suggested by Daner's source, suggested by Jason's uh, experience. Uh, now, the reason why T is a tag and trade candidate is really interesting to me is because the Bengals know that they have Joe Burrow as the future. His contract is built such that after the 2024 season, right, the T. Higgins tag season, there's a big jump in his cap hit. And they know they've got Jamar Chase as their long-term wide receiver one. Jamar Chase ain't getting out the building. So if you bring in T, you are committed, you are dedicated to the offensive nucleus that is T Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow. And that that's an excellent commitment. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that commitment. Yeah. However, you know, T Higgins has had some injuries. Chase and, and Burrow are certainly like the two primary pieces of that. T is, is third in the pecking order. It's not anything against him. He just is. So if there's an expendable piece there where you say, hey, like, let's go for youth instead and let, let's, you know, picks to pick the defense instead, T would be the piece you'd want to move off of. It's worth remarking, you know, they drafted Andre Yosevas last year. Uh, what is it? Uh, fifth round pick Yosevas was. I can't recall. Uh, they drafted Charlie Jones out of Purdue, right? They have young wide receivers in the hopper intentionally, right? Because both T is up and Tyler Boyd's also coming up. And so 
they are semi-prepared, you know, just kind of hedging your bets for worlds in which T. Higgins is not on the team. Uh, the T, now T in the league is really interesting because when the Eagles traded a first-round pick for A.J. Brown, 18 overall, there was no doubt that that was like, okay, you just got like a franchise guy. Like, There's a top 10 receiver for 18 overall. Like, I, maybe there was doubt at the time by other people. For me, like off my, off A.J. Brown film, what he did with the Titans, primary target for multiple years, I was like certain. I was like, this is, they, they got a dude for a first round yeah. pick. They're going to sign him to a big extension, but they have a rookie contract quarterback. This makes so much sense. And then when the Cardinals traded a first, like 24 overall for Marquise Brown and the Ravens, I was like, okay, there's no way that works. Like I, maybe other people, whatever. For me, I was like, okay, I've watched Marquise Brown film. I know what he is. Like that is too much. That That is not. Now there was also pick. another pick in that one where they got a, it was like Marquise yeah. Brown and like a third or something. Right. For, but I'm just trying yeah. to, I'm trying to set, I got you know, you. There, there's a, there's a bar to clear. There's like an AJ Brown bar, which is like, this is definitely going to work. And there's yeah. a Marquise Brown talent bar where I'm like, I don't get that. T Higgins is absolutely unequivocally between those two players, which means now you have to, do you know for certain where the exact bar is? We're like, okay, trading a first round pick and then signing a huge extension to this guy is going to work for your team. It's going to elevate your quarterback position. I like to think about the New England Patriots, right? Picking at three overall right now with their best receiver being Pop Douglas, okay? If you if you want to take a quarterback at three, you need to know that you have the, the bedrock that is necessary to develop that guy. You look at Jaden Daniels at LSU, that young man needs some work. You, you have to have a, a strong wide receiver room in place to help bring the guy along. And so if I want to pick Jaden Daniels at three, then right now I want to call the Cincinnati Bengals and say, hey, my second round pick, 34 overall, right? My, my second and my future second. Like what, what can I do to get T in the building so I know I have a top receiver and then the selection of Jaden Daniels makes more sense to me. It's, it's, it's more applicable for me. It's more viable for me. I look at like the Texans with a CJ Stroud or even the, the Panthers with Bryce Young, like two quarterbacks that I feel dramatically differently about. But you want to know that you have wide receivers secure while those guys are on rookie contracts. You want them to have the weapons necessary to succeed. For the Panthers, it's to figure out if Bryce Young's actually good. For the Texans, it's saying, hey, we got C.J. Stroud. Let's light the world on fire, dude. We're, like, we're going to throw them all over the yard. Man. When you like, said that, I was like, all right, if they have uh, Nico Collins and T. Higgins, I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl next year. But why wouldn't you? Look, yeah. look at the teams that have been recently successful with the, the pairs of wide receivers that they have had. You need a, a duo in this modern era. You need a duo of, a, of quality pass catchers in order to succeed, or you need a Patrick Mahomes. You, you have to have two. And so like, if, if I'm the Texans, like, oh, maybe if Tank Dell comes back, I'm not messing around with if Tank Dell comes back. If I can go get Nico Collins? Yeah. Or, if I can go get T. Higgins and pair him with Nico Collins? Come on, brother. Like, you got the golden goose in C.J. Stroud. It's not time to mess around. Trade picks. Pay T. Higgins $25 million a year. Let's cope with gas, brother. Uh, and so uh, the, the, the timing of the T. Higgins tag would indicate to me, as a non-Bengals general manager, that I should call the Bengals and see what the, the Higgins tag and trade interest is. And if it's there, I think that teams picking at 25 or later should absolutely be pushing their, their, their earliest pick towards the Bengals, putting a little bit of mustard on top, seeing if they can get it done. And even if we start get to low 20s, we start talking about those Texans at 23 overall. I also think that, that that's that's interesting and that's worthy. A T to me is like a top 15 receiver. I think that he can have a, a, a high caliber of impact on your offense. I think you have some health questions. But if you can swallow those, man, like, uh, I would like to see it. Uh, so T. Higgins, to me, is that's the tag and trade candidate that I came to this podcast with. Well, it's funny. All the stuff you said about the Texans and Stroud, in my head, I'm thinking if I'm the Bengals, like, I have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year, a legit chance right. to win the Super Bowl this year. And yes, we drafted guys last year, and I like those players, but 
T. Higgins for $21.8 million for one year is not a bad deal when I'm trying to win the Super Bowl. If I think it's yeah. cool and he's going to sign it and we're not going to have it to like, hey, obviously all that stuff matters. So I think that the compensation would have to reach a level that motivates the Bengals to say, okay, we will go ahead and make that deal. And so, yeah, I think it starts with the first round pick. That's basically just how it's been with wide receivers. I mean, you look at it like before the season, DJ Moore and T Higgins, you, I would probably have put them in a similar class. No, agree or no. Yeah, I probably would have put T yeah. above DJ Moore. Now I think I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I'm eating my words on DJ Moore a little bit. I'm fine with that. DJ well, Moore got treated like a first round pick. It, it was my yeah. point basically in, in that yeah. trade. I mean, that was like uh, throwing another first in. I did think about DJ Moore and T Higgins catching passes for Caleb Williams. Ooh, ooh, baby. Or, uh, oh. that, yeah. Right. Again, it's, you have a, an elite receiver. Great. Go get a second one and not elite, but near elite, right? Like yeah. you have a dude, go get a second dude. That is a Cooper Cobb and Puka Nakua, Harry Kill and Travis Kelsey, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Jamar Chase and T Higgins, right? Like if you want to go Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, if you want to go far, do it with two weapons on. Uh, so to me, yeah, like, uh, I, I, I agree. And, and that point you made is important. We ended the Panthers talk, Brian Burns being like, if they tag him and just play with him, that's ludicrous. If the Bengals tag and play with T Higgins, that totally makes sense. I agree 100%, 100%, 100%. Unequivocally, yes, yep. very different. And they, again, I think they structured Burrow's deal such that if they were in a tag position with T, they would they, they'd be comfortable with that. It's worth noting, they tagged and played AJ Green a few years ago. They tagged and played Jesse Bates a couple years ago. This again from, from Daner's article, he pointed this out. They've used the tag decently frequently over the last couple of years. They don't mind playing a player on it. Some teams really hate to do that. Bengals don't have an issue with it. And so they play with, with T. I won't say it's mismanagement at all. The take is if I were the... Texans general manager. I'm Nick Casario. If I'm Ryan Poles, you know, if I'm, if I'm uh, like I said, uh, 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 oh, it's not Elliot Wolf. Who's the who's the new GM for the the Patriots? No, yeah, Elliot Wolf. Yeah, Elliot Wolf. Yeah, if I'm Elliot Wolf, I'm calling saying, "Hey, notice you slapped that tag on T about two weeks earlier than you needed to, brother. What are we? What, what what's the situation? And I'm trying to see if I can move them off him. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. So for a trade for T Higgins again, it would have to reach a level where the Bengals are motivated to do it saying, all right, is this worth it when we're trying to win a Super Bowl right now? Uh, it would have to be something that the obviously the other team is willing to give up. And then you need the agreement on the contract extension uh, as well, because he's not going somewhere and then playing one year on a franchise tag and can leave. No one's given up great compensation uh, for him to do that. So Bengals are an interesting team. You mentioned it this year. Um, you know, I like this, uh, this chart, I think it was on PFF that has uh, possible cap space and effective cap space. They're top 10 in both those categories. Like they, you know, when I, I feel like when I first started doing free agency rankings, I'd be like, Bengals aren't signing anybody. That's not how they operate. That's, that has absolutely changed, uh, you know, the yeah. way they've done business in, you know, the last, I don't know, three, four, five years, whatever it is. And so if they want to be aggressive, they can. They've got three picks in the top 100. You know, they've got 18 overall. They've got some resources where, you know, they, they can shape this roster, but they've got to make smart ones. And to your point, like I'm just priority number one, build the biggest, baddest offense possible. Do not let the offense fail. Figure everything else out. So how does Tegan's factor into that? You just reach a deal with him uh, or not. But I think your read is right. Yeah, he's the only one as of this recording who's gotten tagged. There has to be a reason uh, why that is. And, uh, you know, yeah, now you take some calls. If teams are looking at what their options are, now you say, hey, this could be an option for you if you want to give us the right uh, amount of draft cap. I think Duke Tobin just really wants to be like a popular guy this week, right? Tag him right before Indy. And you're just yeah. chelling out at the bars. GM's coming up to you. Oh, it's Duke. What's going on? Like that. You're just, you know, drum up some interest for Duke Tobin. 
That's true. There you go. Shape the narrative uh, yourself. So we'll see what happens then. Now, if he is on the tag, they, the, the, the players who are still on the tag, uh, they do have until, what, July 15th or whatever to sign a long-term extension with their own team. So that would apply to anybody who gets tagged here going forward. All right. Let's take one more break. Come back with our final takes and the extra point takes. All right, we're back on extra point taken. All right, I've been te- you know, teasing my free. If I'm going to put in the work to do top 50 free agents, I'm going to use it for a podcast. So, like, so uh, I've got three players who are here from my top 50 who I liked quite a bit when I was re- watching the film. Hey, this is good because initially I work. asked you for, yeah. I was like, send me the top 50. I want to go through it and make sure I know. Those are like, well, you know, yeah. don't tell me. Surprise yeah. me. That's the best way this podcast works. So, I'm glad I did. All right, excellent. All right. So the first one is not like, you know, this isn't really an under the radar name, but I just have not like solely focused on his film. And that's Jalen Johnson of the Chicago Bears. Were you a big Jalen Johnson guy coming out of college? Uh, so I, I was not as big as okay. other people were when he came out. The, yeah. the Jalen Johnson film this season. Ooh, Nelly. Ooh, oh, my baby. goodness. I think I'm, I can't remember if I gave him second team all pro or not. I'm pretty sure I did. I was highly debating it. He was one of the five best corners in the league this year. He was fantastic. He's 25 years old, uh, loved his awareness, his instincts in zone. Uh, 104 snaps of man coverage. Solak, he allowed four catches for 35 yards on those 104 snaps. Physical, lays the wood. Like, this is not a finesse corner. Only concern is... I gave him first team all pro. I was like, I can't give him second. I put him in Sertan first team. I, I think he earned it. I mean, now the only concern with Johnson is has missed 14 games in four seasons. But... If you're the Bears and you're looking at your roster, like I'm having a hard time. Again, this is sort of like my thing with Panthers and Brian Burns. Like you drafted this guy. Solak just gave him first team all pro. He's a premium position. He's 25 years old. Why is it getting to this point? I mean, again, the good teams, you lock up uh, these players and you don't let it get to this point. So I'm curious what happens there. Now, they still have the franchise tag to play around with. Top of the corner market, we're talking probably around, you know, I think it's 19 million per year right now. That's probably going to go up for somebody like Jalen Johnson. So maybe it's 20 million per year. But man, if I'm okay with the durability, that's a guy I want to be a core part of my team for the next uh, three or four years. So that was one guy that really popped out. All right, next guy, Jonathan Grenard. Oh, my boy. This one's mine. This one's one of mine. I love this guy. Like this is this is like a plant my flag. Oh my god! Like I can't believe what I'm watching on. Because sacks are not all created equal. You know, you can look at the numbers, but then you watch the reels. All right, let's look at all their pressures. Let's look at all their hits. Let's look at all their sacks. Who's unblocked and is just getting schemed up sacks? And who is lining up across left tackles and just like bull rushing them, or just has an array of pass rush moves where he's winning one on one over and over and over again. And I loved Jonathan Grenard's film. So he's 27 years old. Uh, like I said, Houston Texans coming off a 12 and a half sack, 22 quarterback hit season last year. Again, there, once a player gets to free agency, there's always something. He's missed 19 games in the last four seasons. So that's obviously a concern. But man, if I'm in the need for pass rush, I'm passing on some of the top top of the market guys. And I think he's going to be pretty you know close up there. I'm not saying he's going to be cheap, but uh, he would be a player. I would say, you know what? Uh, he, he absolutely could be like a double-digit sack guy for the next three seasons or more if he stays healthy. So I love Jonathan Grenard. It looked like you're on board with me with Jonathan Grenard. So, so do a little at Benjamin Solak Grenard on Twitter. I got the receipts. Okay. Man. I okay. love a John Grenard. Uh, 
uh, high effort, high tackling, high run defense. And then uh, uh, he has always been like, he's been like a high TFL guy. And he's been like a, a, a you know good through the through like you know rushing integrity and through the tackle and cleaning people up and whatever. And you can just you've seen the pass rush get better and better and better over season and season. Yeah. And then one year with Jamico Ryan's and oh baby that light bulb uh-huh. comes on real fast, doesn't it? Uh, uh-huh. If I were like if I were Houston, I would not want to let Grenard out because Grenard I and agree. Anderson are a, a perfect pairings. They can they both can play the run well. And Anderson, I think like if I had to choose two, I'm running out. I'm probably running at Grenard. Uh, but they, they both can play the run well, uh, and and Anderson can win with that that speed. He won with that first step outside. Grenard wins and and with length and went through you and with power. They pair so nicely. I, I would not want to let Grenard out of my building. Yeah, they they. I mean, two edge with Grenard, Stingley, Will Anderson. Like now you got some core pieces that you can Jalen Yeah, so get uh, get you a, uh, get you a real linebacker or two in there. <laughs> So we'll see if Grenard. I think he's gonna. I think he is going to hit the market, but we'll see. Maybe they will lock him up. And then the third guy. Uh, I feel like this might be one. Maybe you're not on board with. I don't know. I have no idea what you think of this player, Xavier McKinney. I liked quite a bit. Solid player. His dumb. All right, you say solid player. So the other guys, he was excited. So he was making Solak noises. McKinney. He says solid player. Twenty five so years old. McKinney's good players. Rock steady. Yeah, uh, giant safety, 25 years old, uh, has the range to play single high, uh, really liked him matched up against tight ends in man coverage. He was You could tell he's a smart player. I think he's an ascending player. And the thing I liked about McKinney, I wanted to get someone a little more under the radar because he's not going to get paid at the top of the market. Like some of these, I mean, Antoine Winfield might reset the safety market. McKinney's going to be, I think, the next tier down. But uh, at his age, what he's able to do, he's a player, if I were in need of safety help, uh, that I would be looking to target. So there you go. Those are three yeah. players as I went through it that I really liked, liked uh, quite a bit. Will it work out? Who knows? A lot of free agency stuff, bust, but those are three guys uh, I like quite a bit. One other thing that I would say to that effect is just a lot of time, like there's some positions where like when a, a, a big contract comes down at the top of the market at that position in free agency and that player switches teams, you're just always like, all right, like, I don't know if this is going to work. Like, like if a wide receiver hits free agency if a like offensive tackle hits free agency even like an edge rusher sometimes like, edge is a little bit different but usually you're kind of like i don't know if that guy hits free agency like it's probably he's probably not that that top tier guy recently at safety you've seen jesse bates get a big deal uh, uh Bengals to falcons worked excellently you saw quandre Diggs right went from detroit to seattle fantastic uh baltimore uh, marcus williams from the saints he's been injured when he has played he has been excellent for them right like justin reed just, Justin Reed, great. He's yeah. Gonna, like, you can go and you 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 go and pay McKinney decent money. You can you can feel like all right, safety is a position where we can pro scout and translate a guy like that. That works for us. So I I like like you brought up Antoine Winfield. He's probably gonna stay in Tampa. I would like I would love to go get a McKinney in free agency and feel like I can plug and chug this guy. And that's not always true at other positions in free agency. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good point, and you'll also hear, and this will be part of my uh, extra point taken, but. Uh, NFL people don't like scouting safeties. They have a very hard time. They admit it, that it is very hard to scout a lot of these college safeties. And so that, I, I think you're right. That's one. If you have a need, obviously, it's not like you don't draft safeties. But uh, if you have a hard time, it's easier maybe in the NFL once you've seen a little bit more of what they're able to do. All right. What do you got? What's your third take? Okay. The Bears are not trading the first overall pick. Okay. And this is something like, like here's why the Bears are not training the first overall pick. Because last year at the Combine, Ryan Poles was all like, oh, what am I going to do? 
It's very it's so interesting. There's so much. I debate. remember. Yeah, shout out to Peter King who uh, retired today, and we can yeah. talk about that. And I remember you got so worked up at that that uh, column where Ryan Poles was kind of bragging to Peter King about like what he was looking for, right? You were. Right. <laughs> we did that on the show. I remember well, that. Vividly. Well, what's gonna happen? And Peter again today. Who <laughs> shout out Peter retiring? Peter's the man. He wrote in his retirement column. I think that, you know, the Bears are going to trade the first overall pick. And I don't think like Peter got God. He made it very clear, like, oh, I'm not sourcing this, just like my vibe on where the winds are blowing. But in general, Ryan Poles, I think the thing that he's done best that's impressed me the most in, in Chicago is he has not just played the game of of whispers and here saying, What do I do, what do I do? He has acknowledged it. Because if you like play it and you're like, Oh, I don't, you know, like uh, you know, like I'm being straight with you. Like everybody knows you're not being straight with us. He's been like, Hey, like, I am playing the game, right? Like I I I'm trying to make people believe that I'm doing, I could do a bunch of different things. Like he's very like clear about that. But at, in the 2023 combine, when he was playing the game, it was very obvious that the best move for the team was to keep Justin Fields and trade the first overall pick. That was very clear. Like from a team building perspective, the consensus opinion was that makes the most sense. Right now they have the first overall pick. They got it from the Panthers. They finished the season great last season, right? You know, good, good run. Like defense stepped forward. The DJ Moore trade worked well. Justin Fields, uh, you know, injured. He had a nice stretch to end the season, but like you've had him for three years now. You're starting to get to the end of the rookie deal. He hasn't taken big leaps and bounds. You changed your offensive coaching staff. It, it is clear what makes the most sense for the Bears. And I think that Ryan Poles, who is a smart cookie and knew what made the most sense for the Bears in 23, keep Fields trade one overall, knows that what makes the most sense for the Bears in 24 is trade Fields, keep first overall, and presumably draft Caleb Williams, maybe draft somebody else. We'll get there. But between Caleb and Drake May and, and whoever else you want, the Jaden Daniels, JJ McCarthy, whatever, but even just with Caleb and May, if you can't find a quarterback you like between those two, you're watching different players than I am. I love them both. Uh, and so to me, like, that it, it is keep it simple, stupid. It is Occam's razor. It is the most logical explanation. The simplest explanation is the best explanation. Brian Pohl is going to spend this week doing his darndest to make people believe that he might trade the first overall pick because last year he did his darndest to make people believe the opposite of what he was going to do. And he generated whatever price he was able to. And it was, a, it was a trade where that DJ Moore trade at the time, we were like, this seems like a square deal for both sides. And then coming off of it, clearly a great deal for the Bears. He's going to try to do that again. And so you're going to hear it. People are going to have it. You know, Peter King kind of doesn't have it, but like thought the winds are blowing that way. People are going to report it. You know, oh, they, they're doing this. Oh, if they were to trade the first overall pick, this is how much the Falcons would said. No, they're keeping the first overall pick and then drafting a quarterback. It is February 26th, which means misinformation season starts in two days. But it started early this year. It's already happening. They're, they're keeping first overall the team and a quarterback. That's what's happening. I don't believe anything else. Yeah, I think this show, I think we put it, I think we were there like mid-November or like very early. I remember like Justin Field is not going to be this team's quarterback yeah. uh, next year. And it wasn't because he was, you know, like playing poorly. Like he had some very fun stretches this year. I, I'm sure we'll talk about in a future show. We'll have to go on the record with where we think he's going to get traded. But yeah, I mean, you get to this point, like they got to this point for a reason that trade worked out beautifully for them. And now they draft whatever quarterback they think is the best number one overall. Like I'm ready to put the rest of it to bed. I'm, I'm willing. What are we willing to do if they actually trade the number one Overall if they pick. trade the first overall pick, I will <laughs> trade my future first overall picks. As many of them as you want. All the first overall picks I've got. Um, I, I immediately we'll, we'll go to you wearing jeans, but I don't know. We can't do that for yeah. like every, you know, all you draped in denim. Uh, and I would have to watch. Yeah. What are you tweeting about? Pokemon or something? Like, maybe I would have to sit down and watch that. I'm not that. explaining I mean, that. <laughs> the feels Pokemon like a punishment thing. for I'm me. I'm not even trying to explain <laughs> that to you. 
Uh, I, I would wager on that November podcast where we talked about Fields is not going to be the quarterback for this team next year. I wouldn't even be surprised if I said at that point, we're going to get to the combine and the Bears are going to be trying to convince people yeah. that you first of all, because this is, this is when you do it and this is how you do it, right? This is, this is, this is how you play the games, how you play the chess game. Uh, and so I, 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 I don't buy it. If they move off of one, I would wager that they're moving to two or three. I agree because with I that. Like, they yeah. could do that. Yes, right. they could do that. And and that like kind of counts, but not really. Like, I, I, Fields no. is not the guy. They're drafting a dude. That's what right. I believe. They are not drafting. They are not moving back to keep Fields as their quarterback. Yes. If yes. they want to uh, get the commander's picks and go to two, that's fine. That's good business if they know Great what they're business. doing there. Yeah, but uh, beyond that, uh, I don't think I don't think one's open for business. I don't think two's open for business. I think three. We'll see. That's where it could get. I think two's uh, open for business if one's you open think, for business. But neither's going to be open for business. Like trade. I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm saying the only worlds in which one and two are open for business <laughs> oh, gotcha, is if okay. it's with, with one each other. other. Okay, with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there I we go. Confused. I get confused easily. A lot of lot of open for business there. <laughs> that was that was conflated. <laughs> All right, my extra point taken. I just need to smack down the NFL establishment a little bit here, uh, Solak, as we approach the combine and as we approach draft season. So this week, you know, Solak's going to be hanging out, talking to people, making the rounds, and there's going to be NFL people complaining to him saying, Ben, listen, these these quarterbacks in college, I mean, these guys don't take a snap under center. Then another guy's going to come in and say, oh, my man, I'm glad you brought this up. How about the wide receivers? Those limited route trees. Oh my God. No There's press coverage. Listen, yeah, no, no, someone else. Offen- oh, the offensive lineman? I mean, when did this guy taking a true pass set? You can't find it on the field. the field on RPOs? Oh my God. And then, like you said, yeah, the corners? I mean, the guy doesn't press at all. So the- these are the NFL people love nothing more than having these conversations. And every year, it drives me freaking nuts. All right, is there truth to it? Yeah, obviously, there's truth to some of that. There's no doubt about it. We have the data. These aren't things you can argue and say, no, he did take snaps under center when he didn't take snaps under center. But every year, I get so annoyed by the NFL types. Here's the deal. It is not there. It is not the job of college coaches and college programs to make your evaluations easier. I'm sorry. Their jobs are to win at whatever level they're at, whether it's, you know, the top of college football or middle. Whatever. Their job is just to win games, coach the players. That's their job. It's not to get these guys ready for you because most of those players are not going to even get a sniff of like a 90-man roster, let alone be a real contributing player in the NFL. So I am sorry to the NFL types who make these complaints. You're actually going to have to teach and develop these players when they get to the NFL. I am so sorry that they don't come to you as finished products. You're actually going to have to do the jobs that you get paid for. I know it's a serious inconvenience. I'm sorry, but please quit your complaining and stop acting like you've been done a grave disservice. So this bothers me. Uh, every mm-hmm. single year, the NFL types, they actually invented football. They think anyone who coached below them is a buffoon. They think it's a meritocracy and they got to their positions because they're the best of the best. When we see every year, no, you're not the best of the best. There's all sorts of stuff at play. Politics, mm-hmm. nepotism, uh, who you were buddies with 30 years, all these things come into play with where you're coaching. So this is a shout out to the College and high school coaches, not all of you. Some of you are probably rats and dirtbags, so not you guys, but the ones doing it the right way uh, who are coaching their players 
trying to win games and are not worried about the uh, the NFL stuff. And by the way, so like here's the other thing that irks me as now that I'm going here. Then the NFL will then steal stuff from the low. It goes up from like, you know, high school to college, the RPOs, the quarter, all this stuff. And then they'll steal that, but then they'll treat these other people like they're morons who can't teach players anything. So that's not what's happening here. So let's take that out of our draft analysis. And NFL people, I'm smacking you down a little bit as we approach draft season. All right. What do you think? As somebody now, who is thing, like a very, like a very involved in this world. Not making no, so those I, claims, I, but you know what I'm saying. I definitely think you're right. I certainly do. One thing that is that I will say, like, because Kurt Warner had a tweet about this, right? Where Kurt Warner said, "Oh, like, uh, I don't know how to evaluate these NFL quarterbacks. Like, it's it's these college quarterbacks in the NFL. It's so tough, and 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 like what translates, whatever. Like that note is generally like a, a sound note that I think like the NFL draft consuming public, especially the the public that consumes the NFL and they don't really consume college, has to remember because like." Anytime you give any opinion on any player ever, there will just be people that are like, yeah, but like JJ McCarthy won all of his games and Jaden Daniels won the Heisman. So why aren't they the top picks? And it's just, it's always worth a reminder. This, the stuff that works in college translates a lot less reliably to the NFL than we want it to. It'd be great if it did. It doesn't. They're playing dramatically different sports because of the roster sizes, because of the field and the hashes and because of the rules, like just the, the, the level of competition, the sports are very different. It'd be great if they were the same. They're not. This is a corollary to my, I would never hire a college coach to be an NFL head coach. Jim Harbaugh, notwithstanding, he's my exception that proves the rule. But like after the Matt Rule thing, I was like, I'm done with it. Like, like I the the idea that like guys can jump levels to me, like that's just I I yeah, I know you don't like that take, whatever. That's that's my take, and I, I rock with it. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is that there is a wonderful lesson to be learned from this for us, you and I, Shield, which is that we have to complain more about how hard our job is. Right, NFL scouts constantly. Oh, it's so tough to evaluate these guys. It's so challenging. Now it translates. You and I got to be doing more to try talking around the ring of water quotes. Be like, man, this podcasting is tough. It's so hard to do talking to mics and send audio on. This is really challenging. You got to get some expectations down. Got to lower some bars. That's good. That's good CTC mentality right there. It's so absurd. And it happens, you know, during a week in which like they're only there, you know, they want to get away from their families and like crush, you know, like, 12 beers a night uh, for a week and then complain that college programs aren't doing enough for them to make their jobs easier. Sorry, not all of you. Not all of you. Yeah, NFL people listening and you're saying, hey, if I don't you're, do If that. you're listening, we love you. If you're not <laughs> listening, you. you're part of the problem. Yeah. Okay, of course. That's absolutely right. All right, there is my extra point taken. All right. Thank you to Ben Sola. Ben, so what do we got? You, I mean, you're probably doing, what, 45 pieces of content from the combine? Give a little plug out for what, what's going on this week. Yeah, no, we, we'll have draft shows coming from the Combine. So if you're really moving in NFL draft mode, uh, Ringer NFL draft show, me, Danny Heifetz, Danny Kelly, Craig Warbrack, it's a great time. It's a hoot and a holler. Um, I'll have a Combine notebook coming at the end of the week. We'll have some stuff on social videos coming out and whatnot. Um, and yeah, if there's any breaking news at the Combine, like last year we had, you know, Jalen Carter, who is, uh, had to go to Georgia for, for his misdemeanor. We have, you know, uh, two years ago, we had the Russell Wilson trade, like, Whatever breaking news there is, you'll see that written up as well on the And of course, there will be all types of rumors and reports and all that stuff. So Solak and I will be back on Friday to break that down. I think we'll have Nora and Steven midweek with the show. So the feed is back three times a week. Uh, extra point taken will be twice on the feed for the offseason. All right, Solak, have fun in Indianapolis. Uh, choose the right queen bed there behind you. And everybody else, have a good week. And we'll talk to you Friday on Extra Point Taken.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat-in-Connecticut. 109 with it in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 